Hi, I'm Dave Fabry, host of Starkey Soundbites, and we're really pleased to have with us today William Swalich, who mm -hmm. is uh, no stranger to the hearing aid industry. Yes. And uh, you've been around this industry for, I, I think I've known you since you were two years old. I remember when I first joined Starkey, mm -hmm. you were running around at the classes, even helped me uh, close a couple classes or two. And um, for as long as I've known you, you've been interested in hearing, drumming, mm -hmm. and speed. Yeah. And so, William, thank you for joining us. We're on location here on the Starkey World Headquarters, mm -hmm. and um, we're gonna have the opportunity to, to see you race this weekend. And um, you're, you've had this meteoric rise in terms of your performance right. on the ARCA circuit. Mm -hmm. So, William, uh, welcome to Starkey Soundbites. Thank you, I appreciate it, and I've been around hearing for uh, all my life now, and I enjoy uh, being in that environment, and I've been around a lot, a lot of loud things in my life. Um, and I'm just uh, always protecting my hearing, um, and that's been the most important thing to me while I've been around those loud things. Yeah, I remember when you, um, when you were quite young, you pick up the drums, a drummer like me, mm -hmm. Um, but much better, yeah. uh, I say. And uh, you know, I remember seeing you perform live with some of your bandmates, and even at that point, you were thinking about hearing protection. This will air in October, which is Protect Your Hearing Month. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, what what was it? Was it just because your 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 parents and your family, your grandparents, everyone is so steeped in this industry that uh, you were always focused on, even though you like and have noisy hobbies, mm -hmm. protecting your hearing. What was the catalyst for that? Yeah, um, I don't know. It's kind of uh, weird that you know we are in the hearing aid biz business and trying to protect our hearing, and I love loud activities. Um, so I kind of thought that was funny all the time, but I don't really know what attracted me towards that. Um, I mean, obviously, just always protect your hearing. Um, and, I mean, I don't know, it's just kind of natural for me to be around a lot of environments. Yeah, and I think what's so impressive is you're 16 now, you just barely have your driver's license, mm -hmm. and you've already won several races, racing against people twice your age, at least. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, though, when you're a role model for kids your age, wearing hearing protection might not be perceived as cool. I remember when I was your age, I didn't even think about audiology or hearing protection at that point, and uh, I thought it was cool to play on the crash cymbals until my ears rang, and now they won't stop ringing. But yeah, how did you how did you handle it if some of your friends, uh, you know, when you were playing drums, would say, you know, oh, why are you bothering to wear hearing protection? You tend to think of yourself as bulletproof. Did you already sort of did you ever encounter that where they said, why are you, why are you bothering to wear hearing protection? Yeah, no, my friends never really thought of the repercussions of like later in life when you have been around the loud sounds, um, and obviously I've been taught to think about that, yeah. um, and something I've been around, um, and uh, I mean, ever since I was little, I got the custom uh, shooter's plugs uh, yep. just for any loud activity I was around, and they were the best for me. Um, I could really do everything I could do normally without the loud sounds and just damaging my hearing. Yeah, and now um, you're in a whole different echelon where you're racing the car speeding around the track, mm -hmm. uh, you know, did they evaluate when you took your driver's test to see if you could do right turns or are you really only good at left turns? Um, they did evaluate that and I did fail my driver's test twice. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was on the right turn exercise? <laughs> uh, well, I didn't look around enough, which okay. I'm used to, so I have You're used to being out front. Yeah, So exactly. yeah, why do you need to look around I don't if you're need to worry front? about yeah. that. Um, no, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm, I can prove I'm a good race car driver. <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, even though I failed my driver's test twice, but I got it on the third try and it was a perfect score. Excellent, yeah. I have no doubt. I know you're a perfect student. So, you know, 
I am old enough to remember, uh, you know, you were initially, when you entered racing, you were known as the Ragin' Rooster. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about the backstory on that. Now you're William Sawalich, and, uh, but you still, I like the homage mm -hmm. that the rooster still factors into some of the signage and things. What's the origin of the Ragin' Rooster? Yeah, so I raised chickens when I was about four, um, mm -hmm. and I raised them till they were six. Um, I mean, a couple of them died off, but I mean, that's going to happen. Um, and I always had an interest in birds and love for them. And uh, when I started racing in quarter midgets, we kind of thought I needed a nickname like every other NASCAR driver. Um, and it, we just found the Raging Rooster because um, we thought it was somewhat mean uh, while also keeping the bird and rooster personality in me. Yeah, again, you know, I, I've always been such a fan in watching you grow up from that tender age. I was going to be a veterinarian growing up, and I know you have this deep love of animals, drums, mm -hmm. and then cars. So let's talk a little bit about your entry. Uh, you started uh, running uh, Legends, is that, uh, called, is that one of the classes, or what were the classes that you started in? Yep, so I started running quarter midgets, quarter midgets. Um, at Little Elka, which is right across the street where I'm going to be racing this weekend. Um, and I started doing that for four years mm -hmm. uh, just to get my bearings and have a little bit of fun. And then I moved up to Legend Cars, which yeah. was on the bigger track um, mm -hmm. across the street from the Little Elko Speedway. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started going nationally with that, starting to take it more serious and learn some more things. Um, and then I moved up to Late Models, which are full yeah. body stock cars and yep. uh, a lot bigger and just a different environment. Um, and now I'm here in the Arca Series and about to race at my home track this weekend. Yeah, and you, and you also race, uh, you're doing some limited racing with truck stuff trucks too, right? Yeah, yep, yeah. with the Tricon Garage, and that's yeah. pretty cool to be with uh, all the NASCAR guys, and you know, I watched them growing up, and uh, it's really cool to be there right now. Yeah, and you've been very competitive with some pretty famous racers, and, and yeah. had the opportunity to have received informal me uh, mentoring from some pretty famous racers too. Yeah, absolutely. It's really humbling to be able to have that opportunity and experience from those guys who uh, have maybe 20 years of experience, and I was, I'm not even alive for 20 years so I know yeah it's pretty crazy to be able to do that yeah now you're with Joe Gibbs racing and Toyota racing division and one of the things I think that many people don't think about is yes the noise exposure is mm -hmm. obvious the, yeah. these cars are racing around the track at 7500 rpm mm -hmm. uh, inside the cockpit and on the track you're exposed to a lot of noise mm -hmm. what do you do about that now uh, so I have racing receivers, mm -hmm. uh, so they're just silicone plugs that go into my ear and I can talk to my crew. Um, I have a button on my steering wheel, that's that's all I got, and I can talk to them and tell them what the car's doing, and my spotter can also talk to me and tell me what's going around around me with other cars, um, but when I'm out front, he doesn't have to talk to me much. <laughs> um, but it is still loud in there, but um, in a race car, you still have to hear the tune, uh, you have to tune into the motor and right. kind of hear when you have to shift, especially on road courses. Um, but now we have digital dashes, so it's a little bit easier to do that and um, makes it easier to now dampen the sound more. Yeah, so, so one of those challenges, like you said, is you've got to be in tune to the engine. Mm -hmm. You've got to be in tune to your, your team. Uh, and you're using a plug-in module with a passive attenuation. Mm -hmm. and, and that provides you with enough comfort to be able to still communicate through that plug-in array, mm -hmm. but still be in tune to the, the car sounds that are so essential to making sure that everything's staying in, in good working order. Yeah, it's like a happy medium. I mean, people don't really notice how much your ears matter in a race car, um, listening to the motor, listening to your crew, and all that has to be really crisp. Um, and just for your brain to really pick apart the pieces of it um, is really important because you're going at 
150 miles an hour and you got to yeah. figure stuff out really fast. Yeah, your reaction time is essential. And I think the drumming probably helps you with timing and processing. They, mm -hmm. they know that drummers have very good temporal processing and that ability to, to use that, react, that temporal processing in combination with the reaction time, something you don't want to lose. With hearing loss, you'd lose some of that ability. Yeah, so. absolutely. And like in a race car, you have to have a good rhythm and keep consistent lap times. And that's something I learned from drum, drumming is doing the same thing over and over and over. Um, and just getting repetitiveness is really important. Mm -hmm. Are you still drumming these days? Do you find any time for that or not really? Um, I'm a little too busy to do yeah. that, but whenever I see it in the corner, I go around and uh, just hit some cymbals. Yeah. You've already had some tremendous success. Mm -hmm. um, we had the opportunity to uh, watch you, um, uh, not face to face, but uh, watch you on the screen in right. Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And um, like you said, um, your early experience in these ARCA series is you've often been out front leading for the whole race, Yeah. but then sort of the school of hard knocks, thinking about the fact that you're 16 years old, mm -hmm. racing with people much older than you, learn a little bit about when you're out in front, you're controlling the tempo of the race, but then if they go under a caution flag, everyone resets. Yeah. And, uh, and that's part of the dynamic of racing that keeps it so interesting as a spectator sport. As you, yes. you were out in the race that we watched you in, uh, when you were racing in Phoenix, you were mm -hmm. out for, had a huge lead. Yep. And they went under caution, everything went ahead. You led most of that race, you came back from a spin out, mm -hmm. got all the way back up to the front, and it was the last kind of the runoff, I guess, yeah. where you got bumped. Yep. And, um, and the interesting thing is then recently you ran in Berlin, mm -hmm. Uh, where it was the opposite, where you were coming from behind, yep, and you took over someone who had led most of the race. Right. Yeah. You kind of you kind of got to learn to do both. I mean, it's really important to know how to lead a race, and it's really important to know how to be behind people in a race and set your own pace and try not to burn your tires off. Because in the last 20 laps, that's really important to have a lot of grip and um, to be able to catch them. At the end of Berlin, I was two two and a half tenths better than the leader. Uh, I know it doesn't sound like much, but that's a lot. It's a lot in that um, time. When the competition's so close, uh, it's really important to be the best you can by the end of the race. Yeah, that's awesome. And so um, the you've already won a couple races. Mm -hmm. um, and what people may not know with the ARCA series is that's only two levels, right, below NASCAR. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're, you have an age limit that prevents you from running in the next level yeah. until you're 18. So yeah. you're gonna be run running and racing at this series. You're gonna have plenty of opportunity to learn over the next couple years and win, I think, a lot more. Yeah, so we'll be doing the same thing next year, just learning, and then uh, my third year with Joe Gibbs Racing, I will be full-time in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Yeah, and Infinity is just one level below full-blown NASCAR. Yes, so, yeah, we, so that's we, pretty exciting. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how proud I am. I can say I knew him when, he was the raging rooster, mm -hmm. and now he's, uh, uh, you know, you're winning, you've got a huge following in sports, and certainly mm -hmm. Starkey is privileged and pleased to be a sponsor. Uh, it's such an interesting synergy in terms of, you know, people think a hearing aid company sponsoring uh, race cars, but it's yeah. really this prevention that is consistent with the theme of this month's pr uh, protect your hearing. Right. And then I think you're you're being such a strong role model to to say, I, you know, I need to protect my hearing for later, not only for what I'm doing now, so that you can be in tune to the car, yeah, in tune to everything around you, but for 20, 30, 40 years down the road, you want to have preserve your hearing as much as possible for your career, and to the sounds that connect you to life. Yeah, absolutely. When we got into the sport, I don't think we realized how much hearing prevention was needed in the sport. Yeah. Um, obviously, the drivers um, are the main subject to the loud sounds, but also the crew guys, you know, they work around the running motor 
um, and pretty much everybody that is involved in the sport, even the spectators, yeah. uh, just need to protect their hearing. Really raising awareness for the importance of protecting hearing while still enjoying music or the sport and mm -hmm. all of the different sounds that, that you might encounter. And I think you're just wise beyond your years that you've been concerned with protecting your hearing yep. from when you were this tall mm -hmm. and, and really being born into this but also now being a representative for kids your age, I think is so empowering, particularly during Protect Your Hearing Month. Absolutely. So William, um, one of the things I remember was Starkey uh, holds a, an, a, an expo where mm -hmm. we bring in a lot of customers, we're going to Vegas, and yep. a couple years back, you had the opportunity to talk about mm -hmm. uh, Livio at the time, which number one, I think it was, it was impressive that you were with normal hearing, mm -hmm. wearing the devices and being connected to your smartphone. But you shared a story at the expo a little bit about a creative way mm -hmm. that you were using Livio AI devices at the time yeah. for a competitive educational advantage. Absolutely. Um, I mean, at that time when I was little, I was really involved with technology and I thought it was awesome. And when Starkey came out with the Livios, um, they had so much technology, you know, tracking your steps, your brain activity, uh, the fall detection. I, th I thought that was the coolest part uh, because usually what you see is hearing aids in older people and sometimes they have trouble falling. Um, and that's kind of a cool safety feature. Um, and yeah, so I wore them in school and I told everybody about the really cool features, which one of them would be language translation. And they're yeah. like, hey, why don't you use that uh, language translation? So I did and it and ended up working and it was uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I think you got a good grade for that class too. Yeah, so. and no one was the wiser. So. Exactly, yep. and so I think using technology, I mean, back in the day when I was in school, they didn't even allow us to use calculators in class. Now yeah. I think it's really technology can leverage the human advantage, and mm -hmm. so I think it was a very creative application, it was funny, and most importantly, I think you're again setting the example in the same way that you have with wearing hearing protection, mm -hmm. You were up there saying hearing aids are cool. Yeah. You know, and, and so many people worry about the stigma associated with hearing loss and the use of hearing aids right. that does exist. Mm -hmm. But you're up there saying, I'm using it to my advantage yep. so that I can do better in this class and in life in addition to being connected to the people around me. Right. And I think that's the coolest thing that Starkey's doing is making hearing aids cool. Thank you very much for being on this special edition of Soundbites, and we wish you the greatest success this weekend and in the future as you uh, continue your meteoric rise on the racing circuit. Thank you, I appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Yep. And for our Soundbites listeners, we hope you enjoyed this special episode. If you're listening to this instead of viewing it, I would encourage you on this one to go to your, the YouTube channel because we're gonna take a tour of the car. We've got the, uh, the hauler in the background mm -hmm. here. William is out here in 90 degree heat wearing his suit. That's gonna be nothing like what you're gonna have this yep. weekend with the heat, but um, I'd encourage you to go to the YouTube channel and watch this special issue. We're also interested in your ideas for future topics. This one during October, prevent hearing loss is important, but if you have other ideas for topics or to bring in other experts on topics like William as a role model for, for preventing hearing loss, send us an email to um, soundbites at starkey.com and we'll bring in other people and cover the topics. We look forward to covering those in future episodes. If you liked this episode, please like it, subscribe, share it with your friends, your network, your colleagues. Um, and really help raise awareness for why it's so important. And even though it seems counterintuitive that a hearing aid company is interested in preventing hearing loss, it's so essential because hearing is so precious and vital to the human condition. 
Thanks for joining us. We hope to see you and hear you again soon.